Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid. The Lord goes with you each and every day. He'll never forsake you. Don't be afraid. He'll never forsake you. Don't be afraid. The Lord goes before you through the trouble and strife. And He will protect you all the days of your life. He'll never forsake you. Don't be afraid. He'll never forsake you. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid. The Lord goes with you each and every day. He'll never forsake you. Oh, don't be afraid. He'll never forsake you.
mic on? All right, there we go. All right, good morning, everybody. Glad to see everybody out this morning. We're going to go ahead and get started with our worship. So we're going to start with a prayer, and then we'll, uh, we'll get started with our song service. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for all of our blessings. Uh, God, we are um, thankful to be here today with, uh, with this family. Father, I pray as we, um, as we worship you this morning, uh, Father, we lift our voices to you. Father, we lift our hearts to you. Uh, God, we um, praise you. Uh, you're so worthy of our praise. You're so worthy of everything that we are. So God, I just pray that um, as we uh, commune with each other, uh, that we can be uh, blessed by this time. Uh, Father, that your name can be uplifted. Uh, God, and that we can, um, we can grow. Uh, Father, we... Um, we just pray that, uh, that our time would be beneficial. Uh, God, we um, pray that our hearts would be drawn closer to you and drawn closer <laughs> to each other. Uh, Father, that you would, um, you would improve our unity here, Father. You would pr improve our feeling of, um, of a family. Uh, God, that we uh, can be vulnerable with each other. Father, we can uh, talk about the things that are on our hearts, the things that are on our minds. Uh, God, and know that you are blessing those things. I pray you would be with the leadership here. Uh, Father, I pray that you would uh, be with their hearts, be with their, uh, their spirit. Father, that you would keep them uh, always looking to you. Father, always staying uh, in step with you and just following after your heart. Uh, God, I just pray that, um, that you would be with those who are sick. I pray that you would uh, bless them. Uh, God, that you would give them healing for their bodies. Uh, Father, healing for their minds, healing for... Uh, whatever it is, God, you know all the situations that are out there, Father, and just pray that your hand would be there. I uh, pray that you would be with those who have lost loved ones. Uh, Father, just thinking about Rick and his family right now, God, that you would uh, you would bless them. Uh, you would give them uh, just peace and, uh, and comfort, uh, Father, that, um, that we would be able to help in whatever time uh, we are able to, Father, in whatever way we're able to. Uh, God, just pray that you would... Um, you would help us to uh, just to support each other, uh, Father, to love each other well, uh, Father, and to be uh, the exact way that you want your body to function, Father, just always supporting and holding each other up. I uh, pray that you would be with the men who will serve this morning. Uh, God, pray that you would be with their, uh, their thoughts and their minds. Uh, Father, I pray that you would be with our hearts as, um, as we lead. I uh, pray that you would be with Jamie as he presents your message, Father, this morning, that um, you would give him boldness, Father, you would give him the words to speak, uh, God, that we would, um, we would benefit from, from being here and from hearing your word, uh, Father, and uh, just in sharing in your heart. I uh, just pray that you would go with us now, in Jesus' name, amen. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you, oh God, you
learn to walk in your ways and step by step you'll lead me and I will follow you all of my days and I will follow you all of my days and I will follow you You'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. Alleluia. Alleluia. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. singing 
gave birth to her first firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger. Because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for this opportunity you've given to us to gather. 
We ask that you plead with these services. May they be uplifted to you. Ask that you be with Jamie to bring the service to you. We ask that you watch over us and bless us. Be with those with lost loved ones. Be with those that are traveling. Watch over us. Bless us and have mercy on our souls. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a in his 
grateful chorus raise we let all within us praise his holy name christ is the lord oh praise his name forever his Nor if I walk the 
telling you I have a little bit of a problem, at least it depends on the perspective that, that uh, you look at it from. To me, it's not a problem, but to my wife, it's a problem. Um, I like stories, and if I'm watching something on television that I think is interesting for me to watch, she may be talking to me, and I have no clue that it's even happening, because I, my mind is always very, very active, looking for all the detail and trying to decide what's probably coming next and forming conclusions. And a lot of shows I'll turn off because I'm like, I already got this figured out. This one's a waste of my time. So I'm always looking for the detail. I'm trying to find the things that connect. And so um, that kind of brings a problem. It does bring a problem to me because when I go to start speaking about something, it's hard for me to kind of condense it and push it down into a package that's easily uh, presented. But, um, and this is one of those things that I think I could, I could probably talk about quite a bit is when it comes time for observing the Lord's Supper. And I know everyone, everyone's mind doesn't work the same way. And so some of the things that um, some folks see may not be quite as apparent to others. And that's, that's totally fine. Um, but I, also, I often uh, found myself when I was growing up I, as a kid, I would look around the auditorium and wonder what it was everybody was thinking about um, during Lord's Supper, because some folks you see that are they're very obviously intently focusing on something. Um, some of them, and I don't mean this mean, some folks might just be looking like they're thinking about something, but they're not, because they don't know what everybody else is thinking about. Um, so I, I'm kind of hoping to shape this a little bit and challenge you to go and look for some deep, go look for detail and look for things. And this is only going to be one facet of the things that we could be thinking about. So, um, one, God gives us all kinds of opportunities. When we, when we look at one of the questions Jesus was asked about, what's, what's everything boiled down to, Jesus? And he says it really comes down to two things, to love God with everything you got and to love your neighbors yourself. And I try to figure out how everything aligns to that thing. And I got some ideas, and I'm still working on them. But I want to I want to back up two things. This this moment is definitely um, involves that. Um, I want to back us up to something that happens in Exodus, and try and share why it makes a difference, why it matters now. So in the book of Exodus, we see the Israelites leaving. They're getting ready to leave Egypt, and God has just uh, absolutely annihilated Egypt with, with plagues. But he says, I'm not done because I haven't, I haven't actually judged. I haven't finished passing judgment on these people. And he says that he's going to send his death angel and that if, if you'll listen to him, he says, we're going we're gonna to do something new. Um, this is going to be the first month for you. And it, he makes the Israelites demarcate it as new. He says, this is the first month that you're going to observe in your calendars, and we're going to have the Passover, 
and I need you to sacrifice a lamb, but not just any lamb, it's going to be a perfect lamb. And I want you to paint the doorposts and the top of the, the top of the door with blood, and when I see it, I'm going to pass over. And he, he does that in that moment, and basically, if you want to look at it from a redemption standpoint, he's, he is redeeming all of the firstborn sons in the house of Israel through the blood of a lamb. And he says, remember to do these things. Remember where you came from and that, that I delivered you from bondage. And they're supposed to remember this all over time. But when we see things transpire through history, God's still calling them to remember his deliverance all the time from the things that had set them back and held them down. But it wasn't ever quite something they could catch on to that was enough. And that's why in Jeremiah, he says, in 31, he says, hang on to your socks because everything you've seen is about to go away. And he's like, I'm about to do something brand new. And you're not even going to believe it. And we later see Jesus, just like what we, what we just heard about, that Jesus is coming. And, and we always think about him being put in a manger in the time of year that he was born, that it was that it was a lowly thing, but I would challenge that concept um, for you to go and read because Jesus ended up being born at the time that the Passover lambs, those that were the special lambs were born. And they were put in mangers and they were wrapped so that they were protected and they could be kept clean and unblemished and they were ready for the purpose that they were born for. So once again, we see Jesus institute a Passover um, when he describes the Lord's Supper. Um, pay attention to the time when he's, when he's actually doing this. It's a big deal. And he's asking us to remember all of the things that have happened to be able for that, uh, all the things that have transpired for that to be able to happen. So as we're about to partake of this, uh, this Lord's Supper, I'm asking you that you remember that this is part of a, a Passover. This is part of the New Covenant. It demarcated the new covenant and all the things that came with it um, and there's a lot so I invite you to go look um, and, and see what, what you see for yourself but the bread is to represent Jesus broken body and I know we, we talk about it every week but it's something we need to be able to bring ourselves back to new and consider what it means that it was um, it was done in our place that he took on the curse that was ours on himself and become broken. So let's go to God in prayer uh, as we thank him for the bread. Father, we come to you right now and we're so thankful for the things that you have done for us. Father, we know that you have asked us to love you with everything we've got and to look out and love each other uh, the same way. And Father, there are so many of the things that um, you have left for us that help us to get aligned with that, and this is just one of those examples. Father, that uh, you sent Jesus for us to take our spot. Um, Father, for to set us free from slavery of sin and of death. And Father, we know that uh, this is just one, one of those opportunities we have to remember that. Father, we know that... Uh, as a response, we should love you with everything we have. And Father, that when we seek mercy, that we look around to 
people around us and we recognize we need to extend it to them to receive mercy from you. Father, we ask that as we go into this time, you help us to focus our minds, uh, consider the sacrifice that was made for us, Father, but be very thankful for that, for that sacrifice, Father. Help us to, to concentrate on all of the things um, that we can attribute to um, the sacrifice that you made for us. And Father, just bring things to our mind as we're, um, as we're trying to go through this communion service that helps us to be shaped and molded in a way that moves us closer to, uh, closer to you. Father, we thank you for this, uh, for this bread. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs> Let's continue our thanks. Father, we come to you again, thankful for this fruit of the vine that represents Jesus' shed blood. Father, we know that um, through his blood we have life, and Father, that um, that judgment for us will be passed over, similar to when the death angel passed over um, firstborn and the children of the children of Israel. Father, we know that. Um, Again, that that blood is life. Father, we are so thankful that Jesus poured his blood out for each one of us that we can have life and we can be cleansed um, with it. Father, I ask that you help us to, um, to settle into it and to, uh, to understand that better and to be able to reflect back on it, what it means and help us to just own that. Father, that, um, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Announcements to make. Gabe, first I want to say he's out in, in, in the other class, but he was talking about things growing up in church and all those kind of things that happened. I was always just thought how weird it would be. I'm going to ruin this for you guys right now. I saw how weird it would be if God allowed us to have the cartoon head bubbles during church service. And then everybody would know what you're thinking the whole time. I, was, I would be so creeped out by it. I'm like, man, what if God did that? And everybody knew what I was thinking and where my mind was. I just ruined this whole service for you guys because you never know, you know what's really going on. But it weirded me out so bad. The next thing I want to talk about, first this is where we're going to, uh, going to continue through this today. I celebrate the day. That's the Christmas series we've been working through. Going from Matthew or, or Luke, sorry, Luke chapter 7. It's written right there. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. That's our focus today. I need to tell you this. One of the things I want to, I want to talk about before we get moving is, um, I don't know how you're doing with your daily Bible reading. And we hit this for a bit on and off and on and off. But, but this is my favorite daily Bible. Um, you can get this paperback, hardback, a hard copy of it, or you can get it as a digital download. Um, it costs about 20 bucks, something like that. And it has, a, there's a professor, a guy that used to be at Pepperdine, his name's F. Lagard Smith. He's worked with Lipscomb University, Pepperdine University. I want to say he's a lawyer, but um, he's a theologian for sure. He does a great job in highlighting what's about to happen in the scripture. So when you're reading Old Testament, you're like, why is this happening? He's like giving you an insight into probably why it's happening and, uh, and, and, and just kind of enlightening you along the way of, the, of, you know, and that's part of your reading. It's so, so, you know, if you stay with it every day, um, You'll get through the scripture in a year if the good Lord keeps you on this planet for a year. Um, I, though, got caught up the last uh, about two weeks. Somehow, I'm, I'm reading through scripture, and 
I get into December, you know, early December, and somehow my marker falls out, and I put it in early November, and I've been reading right. And you'd think a guy would know this, but now I'm like a week and a half behind, and I'm trying to catch up because I just dropped my, for real, that's real. I mean, I could totally not read my daily Bible. I'm more apt to just drop a marker and not pay attention or put it back in. That's me right there. Also, um, I'm going to be doing some counseling hours in the building for my Bitcoin venture. If you're following along on Facebook, yes, I've achieved pretty high status. I've made a lot of millionaires out of a lot of, or at least hundreds of thousands of heirs out of a lot of people. Thank you for all your support and encouragement. I'm moved by how supportive you all have been about that. I have a lot of fun weeks in my life, but this has been a really fun week. You might have laughed so much of people texting me, calling me, just kind of going on and on on my face or on Kristen's Facebook, on uh, you know, just yeah. Wow, Jamie, I knew you could do it. I had some weird texts, but anyway, it's been a fun week with all of that. Now, something you need to know that was stolen. My Facebook account, my. You don't realize how much you like something. I'm not a hater of social media. I like it very much. I just, I just know it is. It's dangerous. It's like so many things if we're not careful with it. You don't realize how much you have a this love affair with it because I have so much history and so much, you know, so there's so many meaningful things that are on there, pictures of people and events and times, and uh, and 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 I just don't have it anymore. And uh, and so that was disappointing. So I've been working to try to get it back to no avail. And so. About a month, uh, two or three months ago, I started a new, like, low-key account to help communicate with the intermission folk. And so I probably will be, if you don't get a friend, Facebook friending from me, you're fortunate. But if you don't get one, please don't be, I, I mean, I'm trying to get that thing going. I'm trying to figure out a way to connect with us a little better. So there, that's said as well. Okay, everybody good? I am not that guy. Um, I thought what was hilarious is that there's, if you, it's anything organized, why would you think I was really that guy? If it's anything financial and organized, <laughs> Jeff and Adam, I mean, just call Jeff. You know, he's like, he's the financial guru of all of our friendships. Just call him. Hey, is Jamie one of you? Uh, no, absolutely not. I would counsel him against that. So there, we're done with all of that. Um, this is the Bible that you want or any that you will read. There's, there's nothing more important in your life. I know we think there are a lot of things that are important in our lives, but there's nothing more important that you will ever do. And one day, I mean, there, there's probably going to be a million things. When we get to heaven, if God gives you a chance to say, hey, go give them your best shot, you're going to be like, Jamie, I've got like a million things to say about you. But one thing, if there's anything that, that I could say to you that will matter, it's to get your heart in the word of God. Get your mind in the Word of God. Just plow through. It's the easiest, most blessed thing that God allowed someone to put a Bible in order for once a day readings because we're just so prone to get distracted and, and pulled in different directions. And he gives us these kinds of tools, man, just once a day. Just read for 15 minutes. Just put down Facebook, put down TikTok, put down whatever, and just read Scripture and get lost in it. I assure you, there's going to be many, many places in there that you're going to be like, I don't want to read just one day, which will be helpful because you're going to get the numbers, Leviticus, Leviticus, numbers, stuff like that. And you're like, I do not want to read for like 30 seconds. And so, so those days help a lot, okay? Plus, there's some, there's some things that work in this one that really help with all of that. Anyway, that being said, let's pray together and, let's, and we'll get going through the service. God, thanks 
for this opportunity to be together here today. Thanks for us, the worship, God. The, the, we know that Scripture says you inhabit uh, you know, our worship like you just, it's a, it's a throne for you. And when we're here together, Father, and you're in our presence, we know there's a power that's different. We know you're with us every day. You're always with us, but there's a strength when we're here together. And God, I pray that you increase our want to be here, our desire to show up in each other's lives, our desire to show up so that you can live out in each of us together, that we can intermingle and that your spirit can intermingle with us, move us, encourage us, and give us hope that this can be a place that's different because of you. And because of this place being different, our lives can be different because of you. And because our lives are different, the world will have hope. This community could have hope. Um, this county could have hope. This state could have hope. This country and this world. We know, Father, that you are the great hope giver. You're the great liver into the lives of people and pray that we are encouraged today to do that more thank you that we're here for everyone that's here be with those who are not able to be here god who are uh, just kind of getting away or maybe are ill or for whatever reason can't be here I pray you bless them and god i pray today that that all of us are different for having been here i pray that your your spirit moves in every one of us i pray that there's a there's a joy I pray that there's an encouragement. I pray that there's a slight conviction. But I pray that you do all the things that you would want to do in us, that we would leave different than when we came. You are so good, and we love you so much. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So um, moving on with, with, our, with what we're doing here this morning, the intro to this message, I would say, is just Luke chapter 2, 1 through 20. And you know... Um, We've shared this several times. It's everybody's favorite. You know, you listen to Charlie Brown's Christmas or Peanuts Christmas or whatever that's called. Linus is going to hit some of this. The scripture says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. It's the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So Joseph went up from the, the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem. In Judea because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary. She pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. No room for him, for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for everyone, everywhere. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, glorifying and praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests, or peace, goodwill to men. When the shepherds heard them and the angels disappeared and went on into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened that the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger when they saw him, they spread the word concerning all that had been told them about this child. And everyone who heard it was amazed at what the, ship, what the, what the angel had said to them. 
But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. After they had shared their message, they went on their way, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, which is just as they had been told. It's an interesting message. You know, we love this story uh, of, of the birth of Jesus. That, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. I love this passage. And it wells up thoughts in us of Jesus coming, Jesus being born, Jesus being vulnerable, Jesus really and why into these people and those kinds of things. But there's another story going on in the same uh, area, in the same country, that is so much different than this story. It's a lot different than this story. And, and Luke points to something that's very important for us to know, okay? In the beginning, Luke hits this. He says, um, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree. Now, in your history books, you might have heard of him as Octavius or someone like that. But the Caesar Augustus is important in, to Luke. That we, he, It's important to him to make note because he is someone very prominent and he's doing something very interesting to counter to what God is doing. God is doing something very counter to what he's doing. He is the adopted son of Julius Caesar, and you know him from history as well. And he is in his power. Like he is, he is at the height of his power when Jesus was born. He became the sole ruler of the Roman world after the bloody civil war in which if afterwards he overpowered all those you know, who were rival, rival guys who wanted to be part of or wanted to take control over Rome. The last one was Mark Antony. You're familiar with him who after the, you know, his defeat in, in, in um, I'm trying to think of the word, Actium in Augustus defeats Mark Antony and Actium, and Mark Antony kills himself, and then now Augustus is the sole ruler. He made Rome into an empire. He claimed to have brought justice and peace. Remember, you should hear echoes of Isaiah right now. He brought justice and peace to the world. He declared his father, Julius Caesar, as divine after Julius' death. And in doing that, he then proclaimed himself or styled himself as the son of God. People declared him savior of the world. That's an amazing thing. And he was its king. As the world stood in the moment of Jesus' birth, all hailed that Augustus was its king, its lord, and the people worshipped him more and more as God or a God. Now, you hear the, 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 the themes, right? There's something really odd going on here. There's something weird afoot. The crazy thing is, is that Jesus is going to be born in a manger right under Augustus Caesar, who fancies himself son of God, and they fancy him, him king of the world or savior of the world. This baby is born vulnerable and unassuming, with no protection, no army, no anything. And Augustus has no clue he's even been born. He's nobody to him. He's no one to him. Augustus is in a palace, and he is loved and lauded and protected in every way. And Jesus is a baby whose first worshipers are shepherds. The lowest of the low, the highest of the high, has no comprehension that the lowest of the low are worshiping 
the most vulnerable baby born in a manger. The story is odd, it's difficult, but, but not long after this, though Augustus knows nothing, within a couple of centuries, Augustus, is, um, the people who are going to follow him in line of, of control of this great empire, are going to be killing all of Jesus' followers, or trying to kill all of them, because there is such a movement following this baby. He has become such an issue with the world that now the leaders of this Roman Empire are trying to snuff them out or kill them. But within a couple of centuries, Constantine, one of Rome's great leaders, will actually become a Christian, a follower of this king. Hmm. Augustus, son of God, savior of the world, king of the world, Lord of the world, and a little baby born in a manger. He's so unaware. The difference is, and this is where we get lost sometimes, Augustus and the whole world is living so in the physical that I have a clue that the spiritual is going on all around them, all the time. And the spiritual is going on all around, on all around you all the time as well. And we get so focused on what we can see and feel and touch and taste that is so temporary. We could talk about how I never thought that would ever happen. I've never felt so lonely in my life. Oh, it hurts where to say, yeah, yeah, things are just temporary. Mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, son and daughter, Elementary, middle school, junior high, high school, college, young adult, adult, elder. I mean, as we go through this life, man, there's not a time. There's not a, not, not a swing on the golf course. There's not a drive in the car. There's not a swing with the bat, a shot with the basketball, a cheer session. There's not a time when you're at the mall, not a time with your grocery store, not a time when you're hanging out at church, that the, the spiritual is not going on far greater than the spiritual. The spiritual is going on far greater than the physical. The spiritual is going on far greater, the spiritual, than the physical. And it's that is the place where Augustus is lost and Jesus is already on the move. Now, with that tucked away in your mind, we need to move on here and, and do a couple of other things real quickly because we got to think about what all of this means. And so I would say, don't you love finding stuff? Big shift, okay? Not very smooth segue. Don't you love finding stuff? Have you ever lost something you want to find? I mean, I, in our house this morning, it's like, where are the socks that match? I don't know where those socks are. Where did the sock go? Does the dryer actually eat socks or does it not eat socks? What happens with socks? You love Austin, or finding things. You love finding your keys, right? I mean, we just came back from a retreat. Tucker Kirk dropped his keys somewhere. He's not here. He's on vacation, or he's home with his family, so I can say whatever. He drops his keys. We come back from Spirit Fest. He doesn't know where his keys are. He thinks he dropped, left them at Spirit Fest. Could you please call Cumberland Falls Lodge? I'm like, yeah, I can call them. Call them. He's like, did you call them? I'm like, yeah, I called them. They don't have the keys. He's like, yeah, but could you call them? I'm like, I called them. I don't know where they are. Are they in the van? I checked the van three times. Why don't you come check the van? Eventually, he gets a call from the post office, and his keys are at the post office. And he doesn't know why. Someone found his keys, returned to the post office. We forget our wallet all the time. I work with Kelsey. They always forget their wallet. I've actually thrown my wallet in the trash can before, never to be seen again until someone, yeah, it's not good. 
We forget our wallets, earbuds, AirPods, you know that thing. Have you seen my, do find my phone? I can't figure out where things are. Credit cards, debit cards, we forget everything. Or we, we forget, and, and, and when we find them, it's like rejoice, right? We're the lost sheep, lost son, lost coat. Rejoice with me. I found my, I found my. Can you read the last thing on there? It's pretty small. It's called radio sound. Anybody familiar with what a radio sound is? Does anybody know what a weather balloon is? Interesting. So when I was in junior high, I found something. I was driving, I don't know if I was with my parents, you know, going home one day or if I was on a the, on the bus. Um, but I, on my way home, we're going, you know, the road about a, about a half mile from where I live. And I saw in the trees, like off in the distance, there's this orange like something orange in the trees, like, like bright orange, not like, you know, not like trees fading into fall and winter, but bright orange in the trees. Got my attention, and every day for I don't know how long, we'd drive down the road, and I'd be like, hey, there's that orange thing in the trees. Hey, there's that orange thing in the trees. One of these days, I'm going to find out what that orange thing is in the trees. And so Christmas comes and goes. We get into January. Weather hits, and it's particularly bad winter. And um, where I live, you know, um, sometimes the roads get a little bad, and maybe it's because we would sleigh ride on them to make them slicker. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, we didn't have Facebook so much at the time. It was just about to be invented. Anyway, um, so we miss a couple of days of school because it's snowy, and I get pretty bored pretty fast. You know, I don't mind being bored, but when I'm bored enough, I'm going to do something. And so I call my friend Sam. Sam is a neighbor kid that lives down a road, and he's a good friend. We Every now and then I see him when I go to, you know, go home. But Sam's a friend. We've been friends since kindergarten, junior, or first grade. Somewhere. I don't remember when Sam first came into my life, but Sam's my friend. Everybody needs a Sam. And whatever I was up for, Sam was up for. And so I'm like, Sam, what's up? Not much. I said, I'm on my way. What are we going to do? We're going to find out what that orange thing is in the trees today. He's like, okay, let's do that. It's winter. It's cold. So we get our coats on, you know, and stuff like that, boots, and I don't know, maybe six, seven inches of snow on the ground, maybe six feet, I don't know, uphill both ways. I'm, but anyway, we start walking through the woods, and um, not our property, nobody cares, nobody's shooting us, it's a little bit different time than today. We walk through the woods, up and down the hills, and finally get to the place where this orange thing is in the trees, and we get there, we're like amazed, because there's this... This, it's, it, is it a balloon or is it a parachute? You know, it looks like both, and there's, and there's a, a long string attached to it, and then there's this box at the end of it. Like, like, this is what you're thinking right here, if you can see all of this. And then there's this box, you know, dangling in midair from the tree. And, and so we're watching it, and, and all you can read from the ground is, uh, you know, that, that are you, all you can see from the ground is these antennas and weird stuff. We're like, what is going on, man? We're like, on some, found some government conspiracy. I don't know. And so we climb in the, you know, I climb the tree. Sam's very strong, but I'm more athletic, you know, and so we're like, we got to figure this out. I'll climb the tree and read it, and all I can see is danger, you know, do not handle. I'm like, oh, wow, Sam, I don't know. I don't know what, and it's just far enough out you can't grab it, you know. And so 
So I climb back down, like, what are we going to do? And we get, you know, we find all these small trees, we break a couple of trees, and I climb up, I'm trying to break it, you know, down with it. It's like a kind of, it's like a fishing line, but a little bit heavier, so it won't break easily. You know, I'm like trying to break this thing, I'm like going to fall out of the tree. And Sam's on the ground with two coats, you know, he's got my coat and his coat, so we're freezing, and he's going to catch it. And then it comes to us, it's like, what if this thing's explosive? I mean, we're junior high kids, right? And it says danger, don't handle. It's like, what if this blows up? He's like, you know I can't catch it. I'm like, yeah, it's true, you can't catch it. I'm like, you know I can't break this. He's throwing it out, he's like, yeah, we know. So we switch spots, and I'm like on the ground, like, just break and break. It finally breaks it and it drops, and I catch it, and we didn't die. But, um, but we're reading it, we're afraid to touch it, because everything on it's danger, danger, danger. And we don't know what to do with it. So, you know, we take it home, and... Our parents are like, I don't know what to do with that. And so we kind of leave it on the porch trying to figure out what it was. You're just not going to Google those things. You can now. It's interesting. But um, so, so what, what, what happens with this thing is they, they send it up and they shoot it up into, into not space so much, but into the atmosphere. It floats around and sends radio waves back telling you things like relative humidity, wind speed, stuff like that. Some have... Some have triggered tornado warnings and things like that. It's a pretty cool thing that I found, by the way. And uh, not quite like Bitcoin, but you know, um, I am somebody. And so, um, so we, we're poked about it. Our family's like, that's really cool, you know? And so, excuse me. <clears throat> so we take it to school, right? Uh, we can't wait to show our science teacher. And all the kids everywhere, like everybody, all our neighbors know about it. And they're like, wow, this is so cool. And we got this thing at school, and they're all like, wow, this is so cool. We're like heroes, you know. And we get into our science class, and our teacher's like, this is cool. And when class is over, he's like, hey, you're going to need to leave that here. I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? And he's like, yeah, we got to send that back to, you know, the, the National Weather Service, whatever, you know. And like, but we found it. He's like, you can't keep that. I'm like, yeah, but it's ours. He's like, no, it's not yours. You got to send it back where it, where it came from. I'm like, um, he goes, you're not going to do it, are you? I'm like, mm, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you're going to leave it here. I'm going to send it back. I don't know if he sent it back. He probably decorated his house with it. I don't know. He's a, he's a scientist, as our science teachers love saying. He's a, he's a science teacher. Who, he, he probably said it back. But anyway, there's, there's something crazy that happens from this. All of our neighbors, every time when we would talk, they'd be like, hey, did you see that thing up in the trees? What do you think that is? And they're all watching. And you, every time we're around, if anything was different, it could be garbage. It could be a birthday balloon. But all of them are like heightened. And then kids at school are like, hey, I saw this thing in the tree. It stirred this want this desire to find in everybody. It's like things were just boring, wintry. And then suddenly there's a radio sound. And I was the hero. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, who would have thought I was going to find a radio sound, right? And, and then, you know, January into February, February into March, March into April, May, June, July, next year, next year, next year. Story's gone, flipping through pictures one day at home. Pfft, radio sound. Hey, Sam, remember this? Yeah, I remember. I thought we were going to die. So, so finding stuff's cool, right? I mean, you find all this stuff when you've lost it. It's really cool. The shepherds, the shepherds, this is something amazing, okay, at what they find. The scripture says the shepherds found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now, the, the context here is the angel had told them exactly what they were going to find. 
The angel said, you'll find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. And when they got there, that's exactly what they found. And they're like, whoa, why would we be the ones that would get to know these kinds of things? Why would we be the ones who would find? And we'll tell, talk about that in a minute. But it's something inter else interesting. This is the first person, the first people outside of Mary and Joseph. You know, they go to Elizabeth and she's like, this is what's happened. But other than that, this has been their secret. It's been shame. It's, they've gone through a lot getting to this part of the story. Mary, an unwed pregnant teenager in the days of the, you know, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all these guys. I mean, it's a hard story to live out for them. And then these shepherds show up, and they say, these angels just outside of town, they told us that if we came here, we would find the Messiah, the Lord. And you know, Mary's like, what? That's awesome. That's what the angel told me whenever I, before it all, and how affirming and encouraging that would have been, right? It's amazing. But let's talk about something else now. Hang on to that. Why the shepherds? And this is interesting as well. You know, while, while Augustus is, is often doing his thing and being so important, the, the king of the world, the savior of the world, the son of God, little g... There's these shepherds who are nobodies. And when you think about nobodies, like if you think somebody's a nobody, you need to think about these guys. We know Moses was a shepherd, Jacob. We know that's, that, that David was a shepherd. But other than that, you know, the, the Egyptian bondage, we understand that most of the world despised shepherds. They did not like shepherds. And you remember that, that, that Joseph told his brothers, you know, you go live in Goshen because they find everything about shepherds detestable. And that's where most of the living or most of the thinking was about shepherds in the day and time of this. These shepherds, not sure what's going on, Garris. I think it's just an amen. They're, 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 they're humble, but so important. They serve such, they're, they're humble and they serve such an important role in society because of what they're doing, right? We got wool, we got food, we got stuff taken care of here, but they are very low social standing. Their nomadic lifestyle causes a lot of distrust in communities. People didn't trust them. They had no value for them. They're lowly, disgusting shepherds, probably didn't shower often. There's a lot of stuff going on with shepherds, but, but people didn't trust them. They had to live out in the fields because the way that the, the, the terrain was and, and everything, there wasn't a lot of you know, food and just one, so they had to keep moving and moving. If you've been out west, you know, there's some BLM out there, the Bureau of Land, you know, the, the properties out there. And a lot of people have this free range cattle and you can see them just along the road eating as they go along, you know, in Utah or Arizona. We've met some folks at some of the diners out there, like, I gotta go check my cows later. It's like, where are your cows? They're all just wandering through Arches National Park. That's interesting. How do you find them? But they do, they know where they are. They just, that's, that's what's going with the shepherds. There's nomads. Their lifestyles also cause them to be absent from religious and social obligations. They can't be where they're supposed to be. So now they're outcast in the, in the, in the religious communities they represent social poverty and the sinful nature of humanity. That's what's really, what really the, this Luke is getting at when he talks about shepherds. The, the poverty socially, they are nobodies. And spiritually, they are nobodies. That's not good. They were, sorry. They were still capable of humility and, um, of, and amazement. Now listen to this one. 
Another reason why the shepherds, they were still capable, not only were they humble, they were capable to get into even a more like nothing in me kind of space. And they were capable of amazement. They're capable of amazement. It would, that would lead to gladly sharing the news uh, and to show, every, show God's love is for everyone, to the lost, the outcast, and the marginalized. So it's a little hard to see. I don't know who put this together, but they made it really small. So the shepherds, why the shepherds? They were nobodies. And God always shows up for nobodies. You, you can stack all the stuff together on why it's the shepherds from the social standpoint, from the religious standpoint. But when you look at why Jesus showed up for the shepherds, the only thing you need to know is they're nobodies. They don't count. We've, we've seen King Herod get upset when the Magi showed up. We see the Magi being wealthy and having things together. The message gets to them. They're moving on. But the first people who got the message were shepherds, people who needed hope, people who had no hope, people who are nobodies. And so it's our turn. Let's think about this ourselves for just a few minutes. How do you fit in the story of this Messiah? I mean, when you think from King Augustus or Emperor Augustus, you know, all the way to the story of a baby in a manger, when you think that, you know, the first people we showed up to wasn't here to make this known. And Jesus, by the way, was never impressed. Never. He honored, respected those in charge, but he was never impressed with the celebrity status. It was not impressed with him, and he was not impressed with it. He would not be swayed by it. Paul was not swayed by it. They stayed on course. And so the question for us, if you think about this, and we, and we chase this down, and why it would be these shepherds, because they didn't count, because they were nobody. But here's what they did, though. These shepherds, man, the nobodies of nobody, hear a message that was tailored to them. And their thought was, why? Wow, what? And, and you can see it because whenever they return, they're like, they're so thankful for all they heard and seen. It was just as they'd been told. Why us? Why these shepherds? And we say, because they were available. Because they were nobodies. They were whatever the story would hold. But they're important in the story. And so the question would then be our turn. What about us in this story? You have a baby born in a manger. Perfect timing with the, the king of kings, lord of lords, with one who thinks he's the king of kings and lords of lord, lord of lords. We have the shepherds getting a message. And then it comes down to you. And I know what we like to do sometimes. You know, um, we don't want to be nobodies. We don't want to be those who nobody loves. We don't want to be those nobody cared for. We don't want to be those who are spiritually outcast. We all have broken places in our world and in our lives, and we often wonder, how does God really think about me? It's easy to take the high road here and determine that we are wealthier than that. We like to live in those places. And though financially or in the physical world, we might not be in quite the place that the shepherds were. But spiritually... We're all pretty lost, and we're all pretty broken. We're all pretty trying to figure this thing out and how to put it together. And this humanity that constantly pulls at us and rips at us spiritually to where we're like, who was I before all this? What was I, where was I going before that happened? What did I think I was going to be? And, and so 
For us, I will say this, if, if, if you hear the message of Jesus today, if you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're in a place where the shepherds are and you hear a message about Jesus today, if you're, if you're just doing life that you do, wandering through life like you wander, and you hear a message of Jesus today, believe in Emmanuel. Believe it. No one can make you believe it. Choose to believe it. Buy in. God with us. Could you believe that God of heaven actually came to walk this planet with you, for you. Emmanuel, God with us, trust that it was for you. Understand, and this is a big one, one of the things that, that we have to say about the shepherds where they, for the first time, felt seen. I had a conversation with someone at intermission a, a, a while back. I may have mentioned this already. Somebody said, how did that go? And they said, I felt seen. I'm like, Wow, I didn't realize that's where we all were. But do, you, but do you know that's what happened with the shepherds was they felt seen by someone maybe for the first time ever or for a long, long time. They were nobodies. And so understand that he sees you. Not like Santa sees you. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're... God sees you. He sees it all. And though that has often been used as a threat, I assure you, it's not a threat. It's a promise of love, kindness, goodness, mercy, good news, of great joy for all time, for everyone. I see you. I see the hand you've been dealt. I see the struggle you're going through. I know the brokenness, the loneliness, the weirdness, the oddness. Does anybody get me? I've been married, and it does. It's, I'm I love it, but it doesn't work all the time. I'm, I'm thrilled with my friends, but we don't get, connect all the time. I feel this place sometimes. I feel whatever sometimes. God truly sees you. And if you believe that, then help others feel seen by God. I think that's one of the greatest um, um, missing pieces in society today. And I think it's a great missing piece right here. If we felt seen, I think might be different sometimes. We're great. We're great. We're fine. But it's great and fine enough when, like, like, I mean, really, God is like here. This is great and fine enough. It's been a tough morning. I'm feeling a little sleepy. Don't really want to be here. Sometimes I'd rather be. He gets it. He knows it. He understands all of that. But there are other people here struggling with that. And if you feel seen, then help others feel seen. I see you. I hear you. There, there are folks here going through so much, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Now, some of you, I know, don't know if it even matters you showed up today, but you showed up. And it does matter. It matters very much. So if you feel seen, help others feel seen. Tell what has been told you about this child. That's what we're supposed to be doing anyway, man. It's not a preacher in a pulpit supposed to share the message of Jesus. It's everyone that's been changed by his life. And allow God to increase your capacity for humility and amazement. I want to know another thing that I think we've totally lost. One of the things Satan's trying to steal from us always is our sense of amazement, our sense of wonder. 
I mean, we should be so amazed at each other. You should be amazed I haven't fallen off this thing already, hit my head on something. I mean, let's be honest. We should be amazed by each other. This, just that you can walk, that you can stand up, you can think and talk. I mean, it's a gift of God. What an incredible gift that you could show up and we could be friends. You could show up and we could be connected. You show up and we could talk of heavenly things, not just mundane, though the mundane is important. But we're not lost in whatever's happening in society every moment of every day because we have incredible hope. But because of that incredible hope, we make a difference and see others in the society we live in. Hey, I appreciate you all. I don't know where you stand with this Jesus story. I know that it is huge. I know it's important. And I do know he sees you. I know that, that, that Jesus, if he were here today, he would find you. I mean, he would tell you your story. And when he told you your story, you'd hang out a bit, and your heart would be like, wow, this is so cool. And you'd be inspired to move inspired to tell that story. You don't know the love I felt. You don't know the power I felt. You don't know the hope I felt. There's something bigger than all of this that I felt. I'm telling you this. I can't capture that. But the story is true. You can pick it up on the timeline. You can chase it through history. You can do whatever you want to do. The story shows up. And Jesus came to change your life as well. Not just the life of a shepherd. Not just the life of Mary. He came to change yours. And that baby grew up. He became a boy. He hung out in the temple, listening and telling stories. He became a man. As he became a man, he began to teach and do the incredible things that he did. And when Satan would try to thwart his message, he would try to tempt him into broken places that would break the, the, his perfection, that he couldn't then die on the cross for sin. Jesus refused every time. He stood the test every time. And in the end, he died on the cross for you and me. This baby born in the manger is your salvation. This baby born in the manger grew up to live the perfect life, become the perfect sacrifice. So you and I would not have to pay that debt. He took all your shame, all your pain, all your blame. He took it all. So you would not have to live there. So today, if you struggle in any way with that, if you're stirred in any way by that, you can respond to this. An elder's going to, if you come forward and you want to pray about that, you want to be immersed into Jesus, um, they will do that today. You could walk away living a new life. If you are online, you could call them or myself or Tim. We would do whatever we could do to help. But whatever you desire, why don't you come as we stand and sing? <laughs> Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I'm grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved how precious did that grace appear the hour
chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. My chains are gone. I've been set free, my God, my Savior, has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace, my chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior, has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. morning. I'd like to thank all the guys for serving this morning. Thank you, Jamie, for a lesson. That's Luke chapter 2 as he was reading that. Uh, I don't know, I was just sitting there, I just got a sense of peace over me sitting there listening to that story. I just, there's something about that. So thank you guys, appreciate y'all. Uh, heard a lot of cracking and popping from Jamie's microphone. I think maybe he might be radioactive from that orange balloon. <laughs> it took a few years, but I I think you might have picked up some radioactivity from that balloon while you was cracking and popping back there. But thanks, Jamie. Appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you received a bulletin this morning. Uh, I'll uh, mention a few things here. Uh, on our prayer list, uh, as already been said, please remember uh, uh, Rick Carell and family. Uh, Rick's dad, Dick, passed away this week, so I know he's been sick for a long time, so we just want to uh, send out our condolences to the family and uh, ask you to please keep Keep them in your prayers. And uh, all those folks there in our prayer request on the left-hand side of the bulletin, uh, please uh, remember to pray for them. Uh, Greg Farrell, 
most of you know, Greg uh, still in the hospital. He's he's making some improvements, but it's gradual. He's been having a really really rough time. The whole family has. They got a lot going on. So if you would continue to pray for the, the Farrell family, and uh, it's good to see Hayes with us this morning. Hayes is back after being in the hospital, so we we thank God for some answer prayers there. And there's probably others too I'm not aware of, but uh, we're always thankful for answered prayers. Is there any updates on our prayer list? Anything that needs to be mentioned? Okay. Uh, if you haven't noticed, the sign's up and running. Uh, it's been a long road, but we finally got that sign up and going, so I want to thank all the guys that was involved in that. Uh, uh, Ryan and Garris and Josh and uh, the sign company, they they had some setbacks getting that thing up and going, so we're thankful for them, and uh, last but not least, AEP for getting us some power to it, because that's what we've been waiting on for a long time, is to get some electric to it, so... It really looks good out there, so I appreciate all the hard work that went into that. Uh, if you put your name on the list for a directory, they're back there, and they've got post-it notes on it with your name on it, so pick those up if you want one of those. Uh, upcoming events, we've got a ladies' craft night, December the 19th, a youth group party, December 20th, a New Year's Eve party, the 31st, and a girls' lock-in, the 12th and 13th. And also, the youth group is doing blessing bags. If you'd like to uh, donate to that. Uh, there's, uh, I think there's some postings somewhere in the building back there, or different places. So if you could like to help out with that, I know they'd appreciate that. Uh, there's going to be a baby shower for uh, Bill and Kira uh, Deacon on the 6th of January at 1 o'clock here at the building. Uh, so they're having a little girl. And they're also going to be a shower here on January the 13th at 3 o'clock for Jacob and Caitlin. They're having a little boy. So we, we got all kinds of opportunities there to uh, take part in a couple of different showers. And speaking of babies, we'd like to congratulate uh, Aaron and Brittany uh, Osh on their new daughter. Presley K. Osh was born on November 8th, weighing 6 pounds, 14 ounces. So congratulations to them and John and Lori and the whole gang. We're uh, excited about that. So. And the December item for Midwestern is crackers, so you can put those back there as well. And I think that's it. Have I missed anything? Remember tonight's service on Wednesday? And remember next Sunday evening, next Sunday is Christmas Eve, we'll be having a service in the morning, but we will not be having a Sunday evening service. So, all right. Anything else I might have mentioned? I've kind of scattered there. Nothing? Okay. I've got one more announcement uh, we need to I mentioned this morning to the congregation, uh, our brother John Carell, at least for now, is going to be stepping down from the eldership. Uh, we talked with John, and he believes this is probably the best decision that needs to be made now. Uh, so if you would, just remember remember John and that decision. Remember John, Tammy, and the family. I know they appreciate your prayers as well. So I just wanted to let everybody know what's going on there. And we love you guys, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be praying for God's blessing in all. So. If you would, stand with me, and we will have a dismissal prayer. And Enjoy your afternoon. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this day you bless us with. Thank you, Lord, for letting us meet here and to worship you as a family, Lord. We just thank you for all the blessings you give us, Lord. We are truly blessed beyond belief. Most of all, we do thank you for this time of year that we can join with our brothers and sisters and realize the gift of your son that came to this earth, Lord, and what it means to us. And as Gabe pointed out in our communion service, Lord, let us dig into that and really realize what all it means, Lord, the gift of your son 
being born and how he was born and all that surrounded that, Lord, the, the good news that started there, Lord. We just want to thank you for that and help us to be a, a light, help us to spread that good news to our friends and family. Lord, we just thank you for, uh, for the ways you watch over us, Lord. It's just beyond our comprehension. Lord, we ask for you, your prayers for, uh, for John and Tammy and family. You continue to bless them, watch over them, Lord. And for our brother Greg Farrell, we ask you would be with uh, him and his family. Lord, you would work in a powerful way in that situation, Lord. And for those that's lost loved ones, we pray for uh, Rick's family. That you would comfort them at this time and watch over them, Lord. And for answered prayers, ones you brought back to us, Lord, we are thankful for that. Thank you for hearing and loving us, Lord. And I pray that you would just be with us as we leave here today. I ask you to forgive us when we fall short. Help us to be stronger and uh, more spiritually minded, Lord, and realize this world is not our home. That we have something better waiting for us, Lord, when we leave here. Lord, thank you for Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection. And Lord, let us just uh, relish that and realize how much you do love us and help us love you more and love each other more. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>